The Secrets of Technology is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to The Secrets of Technology. Hi, I'm Dom Bettinelli, and you're listening to The Secrets of Technology, where we discuss the technology news that's important to you from a uniquely Catholic point of view. And joining me today on the panel are Joanne Mercier. Hi, Joanne. Hello, everyone. And Pat Scott. Hi, Pat. Hello there. Uh, So I want to begin this week uh, with another one or two of my tales of woe. I've I've had some serious tech problems this week, and I want to share them with you in the hopes that maybe uh, that might enlighten you or amuse you or horrify you, (laughs) depending on where you sit. Uh, My first one concerns a previous pick of the week, an app called App Tamer. And if, if if you don't remember what it is, it's an it's a Mac app. It's a little utility that it it's designed to prevent any one app from taking over the CPU, the the guts of the computer, and monopolizing it and and slowing everything else down. And when you do when you do a podcast, and you're running Skype and all these other apps. That's that's a real issue. So I've had it running on my Mac for a long time now, like over a year now, and it was really useful. Uh, I'd have background apps like uh, browsers that want to you know running YouTube things in the background that, I'm like, I, that I didn't remember, but it would stop them and all kinds of stuff like that. So it was really useful. Well, in the last month or so, I started getting this problem where my computer would just kind of slow down, like like grind to a halt. Nothing, Things would take forever to click and to drop and to, it just nothing was responsive. The CPUs weren't being pegged. I don't know what it was. Uh, and it all came to a head the other day. I was trying to record podcasts with Jimmy Aiken. And I was tearing my hair out. And fr- frankly, I don't have much hair to tear out at this point. So you can imagine how frustrated I was. And I, I, I even reboots didn't fix it uh, until I finally, finally, finally was able to narrow it down to two possible apps. So I think it's one of these two apps. I've removed both of them. App Tamer. And the other one I removed with was iStat Menus Pro, which is a utility mm. that monitors how the system is running. Mm. Um, I. I kind of think it wasn't iStat menus, but I'm going to leave it off my computer for a little bit just for the safe side. I might put it back in a little while and see if the problem comes back. I really hope it doesn't because it was really annoying to to, to remove to remove it the last time it happened. But uh, that that's my hope. Uh, so I think so. I think it was AppTamer. Um, it might, and it might not even have to, it might've been even something like some, something else it was interacting with. So that's my first tale of woe. Uh, so if you're using app team, watch out for it. If you, if you start to have this issue, that might be your problem. My second tale of woe concerns my uh, trusty uh, MacBook pro 2015 MacBook pro retina. That was my primary computer for a long time until I, 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 uh, got this iMac that I'm using right this very minute to record, uh, but I still use it a lot, especially when I'm traveling, and which I don't do much of these days. But um, I was going to need it next week, so I pulled it out, started getting it ready, opened it up, and what am I presented with? But a flashing question mark on a folder. Wah, wah. Yeah, that is a very bad sign. Yeah, hard drive <laughs> failure. Uh, so I rebooted into recovery mode, which you do by uh, pres- you know turning on the power and then holding down Command R. And that brings up recovery mode, which means it's booting off. It's downloading a very basic Mac OS over the Internet and uh, and running off of that. 
the hard drive is completely out of the equation at that point. And so I tried running disk utility, disk first aid, nothing. No, not able to partition, not, e- not able to do anything. So uh, it was totally kaput. Um, so Ooh. I ended up, uh, I, and I did several other things. So I ended up, because I needed to have a, this laptop uh, next week, Ended up having to get a new one, which is not something I was intending to do right now. So I had a, I got a new um, MacBook Pro 13 inch, a 20, uh, you know, uh, the model that came out in May. It really annoys me because I know those Apple Silicon MacBooks are coming, and I would have preferred to get one of those, but no. So I have a, I have a new MacBook Pro 13 inch, and which is nice. It's got the Touch Bar and all that sort of stuff, which I'm going to be talking about later. But uh, it was just annoying. But the good news is, is I think I, I was doing some research today on iFixit.com. They have repair guides and the replacing the SSD, the, the solid state drive on this is actually pretty straightforward. So Ooh. I think I may be able to revive, resurrect this, this computer and maybe pass it on to a child uh, in the uh, lucky child in the family. Um, so, or or somebody who needs it. So uh, th- those are my tales of woe with tales of hope uh, attached. So, uh, but let's get today's, to today's top main topic, which is uh, we've been, one of the things that uh, is really, computers have always promised us is that they help us become more productive. And now that we're all working from home, or most of us, um, uh, we, we want to keep organized we want to keep on target we want to keep on task and uh one person what's i remember a boss telling me once that he says dom you're the most organized person i've ever met because i've always have these lists i'm i have a my task list my project list and all these things i said i said scott that's because i am the most disorganized person you've ever met i am i'm coping i have created systems in order to help me remain on target, on task to get my things done uh, because I spent too many years not getting my things done and being disorganized. And so uh, to-do lists and project managers are great ways to help us to, to, to do the things we need to do, especially when we're not very good at, at doing it. So uh, tonight I thought, or today, I thought we'd talk a bit about two categories and I kind of divided them up into two categories. It's to-do list apps and project and task managers. Uh, and I, the the way I'm thinking about it is to-do list apps are for a, a bunch of things that aren't necessarily connected, um, whether it's a, a, a grocery list or shopping list, or it's a bunch of individual tasks or things that I just got to get done uh, that I, I check them off and then they go away. Whereas a project manager are for bigger things, not just necessarily work projects, but sometimes for personal projects as well. So uh, I have to fix the shed. So in order to fix the shed, I have to break it down into into tasks. I need to measure the the doors and I have to figure out what color paint and I have to shop, go to the, you know, Home Depot or Lowe's and shop for the things. So it's a, it's a series of tasks and, and you could, you can think of a lot of different tasks, uh, projects and tasks that you have in life. So I wanted to talk about those two categories. Uh, but first, I want to talk about like Pat and and Joanne. Do you are, do you are you do you both rely on tasks and project managers and to do lists? And do you prefer analog versus digital, or what? What, what do you think, jo- Joanne? What do you think? I would have to say my life sort of revolves around Evernote. Evernote just I've just used it for 
I'd say about 15 to almost 20 years now since it came out. Yeah, Leo Laporte, the great guru, (laughs) was promoting it. And I said, okay, I need something to keep me in line. So I've just sort of invested even to the point where I pay for it. Yeah. So everything is there. I've got recipes. I've got work to do's. I've got um, genealogy notebooks. I have almost everything in Evernote. And that, that seems to be my my catch-all for everything. Does it do everything I want it to do? No, but at least it's all in one place. That's an interesting thing because I've used, uh, I think I listened to the same uh, Leo Laporte discussing Evernote back in the day and I started using it about the same time. Uh, but I never thought of it really as something to help me do to-dos, although there you can create checklists in it. Uh, in, in that mm-hmm. sort of thing. And, and actually, I have to be honest, I do use it kind of as a to-do list manager now that I think about it, because I, the, it ca- it does have reminders and, and that sort of stuff. So, yeah, you're right. It is a kind of to-do list manager. It's a catch-all because I can, yeah. do, I can put scans through it. I can put voice memos on it. I can do I can write the stuff myself. The only thing I don't use it for is actual writing. Mm. So if I'm going to do a writing project, I tend to use an app called Scrivener. Right. And that because it's a it really it really hones in all these little, you yeah. know, I can put thoughts on little cards and then I can move the cards around and Right. But yeah. Evernote's my catch-all. Evernote is, I call Evernote my second brain. It is my storage space. I, mm. I, I, it is a vital part of my tool set, too. So, uh, but it's in, it, that's uh, interesting to, to think of it in, that, in those terms. Pat, what about you? What do you use to keep track of well, things? Well, I've tried several things over the years, uh, like y'all. I <laughs> think Leo Laporte and I had a great relationship when he told me to <laughs> go get Evernote. And so, yeah, I use it for several years. And then I'm the type of person that tries a lot of things because I have lots of clients that may have different needs. So I tried the Microsoft Notes for a while. I imported all my notes into Ever, all my Evernote notes into there and worked with that. And after about Three months, I gave up, and I went back and paid for Evernote again because <laughs> yeah. I had actually dropped my subscription. And uh, maybe it was a little longer than that uh, because it had run out and I hadn't renewed it. So I went back to that. However, what I use it for is I'm browsing the net. I find something. I, I tag it in there so that I can use it when I'm troubleshooting. So I'm using when I'm researching that's what I use it for. I've never used it as a to-do list. Right. I, I Except for, okay, here's the 10 books that I've got on my list of things I want to read next, or the movies, or clip a review and put it in there for the, the next time I need to find a new series to watch. That right. kind of to-do. Yep. As far as to-do list, I've tried several. Uh, most recently, I had... Uh, I had tried uh, Microsoft to do when it first came out and it was kind of clunky. So I gave it up. I tried Wanderlist, which one of my friends just swears by. And I liked it, but it didn't quite snag me. And I've been through all of this using Apple's reminders and it's gotten a lot better. Mm. Uh, But due due to talking about this podcast, uh, I went back and looked again at Microsoft to do and another one that was very, very popular called Todoist. Mm -hmm. Now, I realize that this these don't tend to live in the Mac world, but But they have Mac versions. 
Yeah, they do. Yeah. And and iOS versions and Android versions and yep. uh, Windows versions. So most recently, I've been playing more with the uh, Microsoft to-do and the to-doist. And of the two, I've come back to the to-do from Microsoft because it does some things that I can't do in the to-doist. Now, Microsoft to-do is Wonderlist. It, Microsoft bought Wonderlist. And transformed well, right? some of the features from it. Yeah, but the, yeah, oh. they they it originally they had a to do that was not Wanderlist. Yeah, but uh, then uh, then they incorporated a lot of the they they uh, they bought it, incorporated a lot of the features, and that's okay. the one that I like that I've been liking a lot this last week. And that comes as part of uh, Microsoft 365, Microsoft Office, what they used to be. Yes, yes, yeah. and you can get an iOS app. You can get you can run it. Uh, <clears throat> You know, on a Mac, uh, you can run it on an Android. I haven't mm-hmm. tried Linux, but if you can get to the web, you can do it there. Okay, okay. And so it's free again. Yeah, uh, it, it, I don't have to pay for it. And uh, so but, anyway, that's what I've been doing. We can talk more about features, but that's kind of where I am. Is is I I try okay. lots of things. <laughs> so uh, yeah, well, the, well, we could talk about the features of of the ones that we're talking as we go in. It, it, what, what? Well, let's first talk about why not use the stock apps that we that come on our system. So um, on on iOS and macOS, it's reminders. On Microsoft, I would I would guess I would call Microsoft to do the stock app since if you have a Windows machine. You probably have Office, and so you probably have Microsoft to do. Is that correct, or is there another well, app that might be those this considered the stock to do app on uh, Windows? Well, see, it wasn't part of Windows for so long. Or, pardon yeah. me, it's not part of Windows. It's really yeah. part of Office. Office, right? So it's not really a stock app for Windows because you have to pay for Office, right? But most Windows but, machines, but you can, yeah. But, so the question is, is the to, to do, I think is kind of separate. I think you can, you can get it free on all of the platforms, even if you don't have a Microsoft office subscription. Okay. But it did not come originally as part of a stock app. Okay. Cause I, I so does windows have a stock to do app, to do list app? No, yeah. okay. not really. They had a notes, you know, a notepad, right. but they really didn't have a to do thing. Outlook had a to do list. Okay, and that was part of their. That's what I would call their stock app. Was the original right. to do list in Office? I mean, in Microsoft Outlook. So why why not use the stock apps in in on the on the uh, on whether Mac or iOS or Android or or Windows and and go for a third party app? I mean, that's the, the really the perennial question for a, a lot of these things. Whether it's mail or browser or you know the contacts or that sort of thing. Um, why 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 would you go beyond these the stock app as I think as someone might ask us um Joanne I think I think nowadays it probably is better than it was before when we all started in some of this reminders and mail was very clunky yeah and it's become refined as we've gone through the through the years I just started using reminders because I'm getting older and I need something <laughs> quick in the car by saying, you know, uh, S lady, do this. Right. Um, so I'm using it now in iOS most of the time just to give me quick reminders. But I think that's why I went to a third party app because they were more refined. They did more. They had better features. And it, they, in the case of Evernote, just tied everything together. Right. The other, the other to-do list, um, even before reminders that I was using, which was an iOS um, 
app is called Clear. Yep. And I was using it as my grocery list, basically because and my husband says this. You like it when you swipe it, it goes ding. <laughs> yeah, it does. And I'm a musician, so every time it goes ding, it's very satisfying yes. when you're going through the store and you hear that that audio reminder. But I think that's why I, I, I can't stand mail. Right. I, I don't care if that drums me out of the Apple Club, but <laughs> no, that I have, makes you I've, part of the club. <laughs> right, I I can't stand it. But Outlook was another. I didn't care for Outlook either. Yeah, so right. I had to find a third party client, and I had one, and they got rid of it, and then I went to another one, and right. So I think we go through this. The more sophisticated we become, or the more in tune we become in how we need uh, apps to help us with workflow that's when I think we go back and forth and then we sort of settle on the things that work for us. I'm not opposed to trying something new. Yeah. Like I took a look at um, any list, which sort of looks interesting. I know yes. we're going to talk about that, but yep. so I said, okay, I'll take a look at this one. I'm not opposed to it. It's just I'll probably go back to Evernote or and Clear. So Clear hasn't been updated since uh, the beginning of 2019. And that's always an issue nope. with third-party apps. Uh, but if it works, it works. So that's a, I think I think part of the attraction is, as you mentioned, uh, kind of in, in, uh, tangentially, is the design of Clear. It's it's a it's it's attractive. It's easy it's to clear. use. It's very clear. Uh, how, <laughs> exactly. Um, I think reminders. It, you know, the built-in apps can be fine. Uh, and one of the things you mentioned is the integration with the with the tentpole features of the operating system. The things that Apple can do or Google can do that third parties can't, which is access certain things like, although you can use Siri, nothing. I was waiting for everything to beep at me. You can't, you can use her to um, add reminders to a list in, in the reminders app that then can, you can move to another app that I use called uh, OmniFocus. Uh, so there's actually a way to use it. It's kind of clunky. And now you've got workflow or shortcuts, actually it's called, which goes directly even. So, um, there are ways, but it's not as elegant as just using the built-in app. So I agree with that. Well, I was going to say the other thing is, is yes, when the the stock apps first came out, they were text only. They didn't sort. They didn't have any way to do priorities. They didn't have any way to do, you know, uh, Im embed an attachment. And so as time has gone on, the Reminders app and the Notes app in in iOS has gotten very good. Yeah. And the same thing. Uh, but a lot of the things that's that's the reason I didn't use a stock one is because I couldn't prioritize. I couldn't sort. I couldn't do the searching. I couldn't right. attach. Now that that's happening in the stock apps, then that makes more sense for new people. Now they right. might really want to try it and start there. So there's one. So one app that I want to recommend right off the bat that I use that still has uh, features that the stock apps don't have is the app called Do D-U-E. Uh, and the best part of this app, the whole reason for this app to exist, and I don't use this for all of my to-dos, but I use it for very specific ones because it nags me. It nags, nags, nags. So here's what happens is you can set up uh, reminders either one time or repeating, and I, I especially love it for the repeating ones. And when, it, when it's due, it'll pop up a notification. And... You know, you ever notice like sometimes you have like, oh, you know, do this thing and you're like, well, I, I, I'm, I'm right in the middle of this other thing. I can't do it right now. I don't want to complete it. And you, sometimes you can hit snooze, but even that doesn't isn't exactly what you want to do. You don't actually want to snooze a thing. Uh, but what happens is, is that you from the notification, you can either say I've done it, Mark done, 
Or you could say, come back in 10 minutes, come back in an hour, come back in three hours. Like maybe I'm at the store and I have to take my medicine or something. Uh, I'll be home in an hour. Remind me in an hour. And every 10 minutes or every hour or whatever it is, it will come back and nag, nag, nag until I've done it. And frankly, <laughs> I need that for certain things like take like I have to take a, a medicine at six o'clock every night. And it's like, oh, at six o'clock is the worst time. I'm I'm making dinner. I'm running here and there. The kids, you know, and then it's like uh, I, I got this food on the grill. I can't go get my medicine, you know, and just beep at me in 10 minutes. And so we'll do that. And, and I don't even have to tell it to remind me in 10 minutes. If I don't check it off, it will come back in 10 minutes and then it will come back in 10 minutes after that. It will keep coming back until I check it off. So that's, that is worth <laughs> the, the cost of uh, this app right there is that, that uh, the nagginess uh, it's available on iOS. That's the version I have. They just updated the Mac version to make it more like the iOS version. Uh, and uh, I don't know that I need the Mac version. I, I'm fine with the iOS version. It's seven bucks on iOS. It's $15 on the Mac. I don't feel like I need to spend the 15 bucks to get the Mac version. And it it also works on the Apple Watch, too. So I I get the notifications on my Apple Watch. So uh, that's due and it works on iPhone and iPad. Uh, So that's that's that one. Um, What about you? What about you? Pat, you mentioned that you've settled on Microsoft to do, but you also mentioned Todoist. What is it about Todoist that was interesting to you? Well, it felt real clean and easy to use, and I could set up projects or I could set up individual tasks, uh, and I could do subtasks and, you know, uh, subcategories, et cetera, and it had gotten lots of good ratings. I wanted to try it out, and where it finally cut me that I said, no, for what I need it for, this isn't going to work, I wanted to do like a group of tasks, more like a project a group of tasks that I did for people's computers when I'm cleaning them off or checking mm-hmm. for malware, et cetera. And so I would come up with one list and I wanted to duplicate it so that I could check it off as I was going down the machine. And it was terrible in terms of trying to be able to copy a list from one name to another or move it. I mean, it would let me move the tasks, but right. no, I didn't want that. I wanted to copy them, create a new set of, you know, a duplicate set. And that's where it finally it, it finally got me. Okay. And Microsoft to do, I can do that. I can say I want to take this list and re- replicate it, and then I can go check off those. And the next person, I can duplicate that base list and check them off. Um, so that was one of the problems. And then the other thing that Todoist uh, wouldn't let me do easily without paying for it was to export and import. And right. there's times that I I need to export it out or, you know, save it in a printed file or something and there if unless I wanted to pay for it. Uh, and it was thirty five a year, which is a little bit more than I wanted to do. Yeah, um, I, I said no. So the, the Microsoft to do is free and I can copy things from one list to another and I can uh, export. And uh, now you can create new lists but you can't really subtask tasks. Yeah. So I can have one list and I can have a bunch of tasks, but I can't say, well, that task now is broken up into smaller tasks. Okay. And which which that's, app was that? That's the... in the Microsoft one. Okay. okay. And Todoist would let me do that. It would let me say I could have a, here's a, a task, and now I've got three tasks underneath that, more like a project manager. And But I don't need that. 
yeah, it does sound like more like a project manager. And it's it is like you said, they they have a free tier, which is limited. Um, although eighty projects is a lot of projects, uh, but uh, premium tier you, you, for and for a lot of other features like labels and filters and things like that and reminders, that's three bucks a month. So uh, that's right. something to consider. Um, but I do know it's real popular and it seems to get a lot of good reviews. Yes. Uh, so you know somebody was looking for those features that they didn't want to go into a full project manager. That might be a good media uh, intermediate. Yeah. So, Joanne, you were saying that you were interested in any list. That's one that I've discovered in the past oh, year or so. Mm-hmm. Um, I was looking for a grocery list app for my wife and I to use. We, we'd used one for a while called Grocery IQ, uh, which was okay. Uh, it wasn't a great app, but it did. you could share a list between the two of us, and it would... Uh, if you put stuff on it from your grocery, like you, you could scan barcodes. And would often have the item that was really good. Anylist doesn't Ooh. do that. Uh, I wish it, I wish it did. Uh, but uh, what Anylist? I, I looked at a whole bunch of other apps once because Grocery IQ just wasn't. I forget what it was. It wasn't working anymore, or they were they were going to stop making it. But whatever it was, we had to find something new. And I looked at a bunch, and Anylist kept coming up. People kept talking about it, and so we start with a grocery list and we share the list between each other. And yeah, you can't you can't scan the barcode, but it's pretty easy to add stuff to it. You just tap add item. It will categorize things. So I, if I put Worcestershire on my list, it knows to put it in condiments and dressings, for example. Oh, that's um, nice. Yeah. So it's it's smart about stuff like that i think it's probably going off of the aggregate um of the, all of the users how they're categorizing things uh so and you can have private lists you can have a list that's just for you but but like here's some lists my wife and i have we have a grocery list we have a spices list because we buy spices from spice house uh, that's a little tip that's a really great place to get spices uh a liquor list for because we because in Massachusetts, you can't buy your beer and wine and liquor at the grocery store because Massachusetts yeah, is stupid. Yeah, you got to go to the packy. Exactly. Because <laughs> we're behind the times because we've got to subsidize the middleman. Never mind. I'm sorry. I'm off target. Uh, <laughs> I have like a CVS list. But then I also have we have like an office and school supplies list or uh, a vacation list. Things if we go on vacation, things we got to make sure we bring. But we sh- we share some of these lists. Uh, we have them separate. So, and it does a lot more than that. I mean, that we're I'm just barely scratching the surface. It can store recipes. It can do meal planning. I got Paprika Recipe Manager for that. I don't. I don't need. I didn't need a recipe manager uh, here. But if you if you if you're looking something in that vein, and because yeah, it, see that's that's yeah. what attracted me to be able to put. Now I have them in Evernote, but they're just all over the place. So doing something like this with recipes where I can actually look at it and say, okay, let me see what ingredients I need and I'll put them on a list. But it looks like you might have to pay for that. Yeah, I think you do. And and frankly, I, Paprika Recipe Manager, which is not a to-do list, but is a great app. Uh, I, I really recommend is really great for that. It's, it's especially great for getting recipes into it you can import it from web pages really easy uh it also does can build a grocery list and it can and it does meal planning too uh so and i kind of prefer it for that but um but yeah if you want to have it all in one place in your to-do list you could do it here so this it it, any list is kind can be a to-do list but for me it's it's really more like a shopping list or i mean although our vacation list is a is a checklist you know of things we need to do. I mean, so it, it works like that. It does have that satisfying when you tap a thing, it, it puts a strike through it so that you, you've checked it off your list, you know, so that's really nice. Uh, so uh, that's any list. 
And uh, and those are, I mean, other. I think that's a, that's a pretty good overview of to do lists. Uh, and I want to kind of now talk, shift to talking about project managers. And I kind of feel like to do list is more in this category. Uh, a project, like I said, a project manager is something that manages a, a bigger well, project that has many tasks under it. Um, and my choice for many years, uh, going back to when this was a brand new product, uh, is OmniFocus for the Mac. It's available on Mac, iOS, and actually a web version. And it is, it's based on the David Allen's getting things done philosophy of having an inbox and uh, processing your inbox and moving things into projects and contexts versus, it, it, you know, you, so you work in context. So, you do all your things having to do with phone calls at once, whether whatever project it is and that sort of thing. Um, I do some of, I, I don't follow it religiously, but um, OmniFocus works the way I think it uses, it has great scripting support. So you have a lot of Apple scripts there that I use with it on the iOS. It has great shortcut support. Um, I, I've so customized it. I have most of my work, is repeating projects. It's the, I'm doing the same thing over and over again. Every show has 15 steps to it that goes into a project for each episode of the show. And so I have a, uh, a script that I run every time I set up a new show, I schedule a new show, the script runs and populates a project in OmniFocus with all my steps with dates and that sort of thing. Uh, so the one complaint that I've heard from people is it's a steep learning curve to figure out OmniFocus. It's, it's mm. not for everyone. Um, that said, it is a great program, and if you and if you invest the time, it's it's well worth what you get out of it. Um, but I've heard really good thing about the app Things, which is another Mac iOS app. I'm sorry, I don't have a lot of Windows and Android apps in this vein. I just don't know of them, and I I I, I don't hear people talk about great project manager apps as Microsoft Project. And that's about the only one I ever hear about from people. Um, but things I hear good things about. I've tried it out. I've looked at it. Um, it's a little more free form, a little more. Uh, the design is pretty open and free flowing, but powerful. Have either of you looked at uh, things at all as a project app? Uh, so no, uh -uh. no. It's it. I've heard really good things. A lot of people who are into design, who love uh, clean design, that's sort of they like it. It, it works for them. Um, fant I, I list Fantastical in this category, but it's yeah, not. I was wondering why. Yeah, it's not. It's it's a calendar app, but mm -hmm. it has project management like function. So it can put reminders in it. It and in fact, you can have the reminders from your reminders app, your stock reminders app, show up in it. Uh, but uh, one of the things it's what it's great for is for scheduling things. So if you have uh, meetings, whether in person, like we used to, or virtual meetings, which most of us do now, uh, you can use it for scheduling that. And one of the, and, and one of the great features they've added recently is the ability to say, um, I I'm, I have a Google Calendar, I'm scheduling a meeting on it, and it says, do you want to add a Zoom meeting or add a Google Meet? meeting to it and will automatically oh. set it up with your credentials so you've already get, given it your your account information and it will set it up and send the invitation with the link and the password and all that information for you and then when the time comes for the meeting all you, it it pops up and says join meeting and that's it so uh i think of it sort of in that 
productivity project management area. It's sort of project manager adjacent, let's say. Okay, because so, now now you're making me want to go take another look at it because I have it in the iOS version. Right. Yeah. And I was trying to use it as a Google calendar and, and I, I don't know if it was just too difficult or I lost interest or whatever. But if you're saying that it'll do something like that with Zoom and I have to do like an entire faith formation calendar, I could probably do all the Zooms and set them all up and potentially I like you, this. Yeah, <laughs> potentially. It's just all you have to do is set is um, is as you're setting up the, uh, the the particular appointment or meeting. Just mm -hmm. it's it offers you know you just click a button add a Zoom meeting or add a Google Meet meeting, uh, mm -hmm. and it does all of that for you. So yeah, and then you you add the people and they get the invitation to it. So yeah, it's really great that way. Um, and then one last one, which is not one I've used, but which one I've I've looked into when I was in my big hunt for a, a new grocery app was is one called uh, Cozy Family Organizer C O Z I, um, and this is more like a family project manager, a family manager uh, app. It's designed for mom or dad, let's face it, probably mom, to, to set up the family calendars, appointments, and school things, and sports, and all the other things that go with it. As like So tracking school events, it has a shared grocery list that... I mean, it it's the features go way, way deep. So it's got a calendar, shopping list, to do lists, recipes and meal planner, a family journal. Um, there's a whole cozy culture that goes around it. It's just like a, like a community that surrounds it of cozy users. Uh, it just sounds cozy. Uh, so <laughs> uh, so it, it, and it's uh, it's free in the basic, but I think it's uh, there's a subscription uh, model to it. And um, it, it turns out it wasn't for us because, well, Melanie would never go for it. <laughs> she's not she's, organizing her life using through an app like this would never work for her, which she's is analog. fine. Yeah, she's she's more. Ill. I mean, she she uses her phone and her computer for things, but uh, she writes stuff down. I mean, getting her to use any list for a grocery app was a big deal. So uh, that's that's fine. And, 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 I, and I don't begrudge that. These these things aren't for everyone. And if it doesn't work for you, that's fine. That's no judgment on you. Uh, do what works. If you if a. If a piece of it's a if a pad of paper is your to do list manager, that's great. Use it. it the the key, the 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 important thing isn't that I get the right software. The important thing is that you get your things done. So mm. whatever the tool is that helps you get your things done, use that tool. If one of these apps is that tool, then that's great. But if it isn't, if these if they become an obstacle to getting your things done, then throw them out and go back to a pencil and paper. Uh, so. Uh, or index cards. <laughs> oh, right. Oh, index. Oh, I've heard. Or Evernote. Yes, right. Yes. Exactly. Um, I know people who, who still have a stack of index cards with a big, uh, you know, binder clip on mm. it that they keep in their pocket. And that's their, their to-do list. Uh, so uh, those are some or some ideas. Uh, check them out. Uh, there is a, a lot of them have, uh, they'll have um, review, review copies like you can get, like you can get a, what am I trying to say? Um, Trial. Trial. Thank you. Trial or yeah, free trial or they have a free tier. So it's it's pretty easy to try a lot of these out and check them out. And there's plenty of reviews. And if you go onto YouTube, you'll see people 
um, showing you how the different features and functions, ind- usually independent folks, you know, not the, the manufacturers themselves, the, the, the developers themselves. Uh, so you can find lots of information on these. So those are some ideas for folks. Does that sound good? I think we've yep. covered mm-hmm. that. Uh, I'm sure if folks, if, you know, the listener has uh, any things that we've missed or any ideas or that you'd like to recommend, we'd love to hear about it. Technology at sqpn.com. Send it along to us and uh, we'll talk about it on a future episode. So let's talk about a few headlines while we're at it. Uh, Pat, this headline, I think you, you, you shared with me, um, AT&T claims that a phone made in 2019 will stop working and it's urging users to upgrade even though they don't have to. Uh, what's that about? Do you know? Uh, basically, they were saying that phones that lacked a certain level of, uh, of th- like the 3G phones, that they would stop working. And Verizon okay. had actually already done that with the 3Gs a long time ago. Uh, mm. But AT&T had let them continue to be on their network, and they're saying their towers, they have to, you know, update their towers and get them ready for the, the new 5G and all that, and they just can't keep supporting that oldest one. But when they did that, they put out an announcement as that panicked a lot of people, thinking that their phone was not going to work anymore. Like starting uh, today. they... Right. Yeah. Well, they, yeah, as if it were going to be like imminent. And when they were really talking about next year, when yeah. it like toward the end of the year or 2022, even, it yeah. was only certain models. Yeah. It wasn't, you know, it, all the phones were going to start working if you bought them, you know, two years ago. Right. Uh, Verizon um, handled a little bit better, I think, in terms of the way that they announced their things. But uh, it, yeah, it's just kind of. You have to look at the models, and it was like the and you've seen it in other ways when they were talking about whether you know like the iPhone five you wouldn't want to have bought one and that be the one you're using in the future because it's just not going to be supported. Well, that sounds different than this phone. We have phones that won't work next year or right. not coming up. So it's it's the way it was phrased, I think. Right. the 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 email didn't say. You have 18 months. The email just says your device is your device is not compatible with the new network and you need to right. replace your phone. It's like, oh, what am I going to I, I suddenly have to go out and buy a phone, which seems like that's mm-hmm. a little bit. I think it feels like someone in marketing said, hey, here's an opportunity to get a bunch of people to buy phones. Right. Especially because they mm. sell them, too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, that's when I when I read that whole thing, I was like, yep, somebody's trying to take advantage of the times. Yes. Yeah. They're they're losing money somewhere. And they said, how can we beef it up? Exactly. <laughs> right. Right. So don't worry about it, folks. If you have a 3G phone on AT&T, you will your phone will continue to work until uh, 2022. Uh, that's not a guarantee, frankly, though, because AT&T could always change things. But but this is what they're saying as of now is that your phone will continue to work. But um, if you have a 3G phone, it's that's fairly old at this point. <laughs> so uh, you probably do for an upgrade anyway. Uh, let's talk about the uh, another well, probably the biggest tech story right now, apart from a bunch of tech CEOs testifying to Congress, which is frankly not within the sort of thing we want to talk about on a regular basis but there's a story about this social media app called TikTok which we've talked about before there are there is some politics surrounding them right now which is the president has been saying that uh we might ban TikTok 
because it's owned by a company with ties to the Chinese Communist government. And there's some question of whether they're uh, using the data they gather through their phones to um, to spy on Americans and that sort of thing. And, and we've mentioned before that uh, certain federal agencies have told their employees that they are not allowed to have TikTok on their even personal phones. And at least one, I think, three, one three-letter agency, I think it might be the NSA, has said no one in the home is allowed to have TikTok on their phone. Uh, so there is concern that, um, and, if, and there was a recent uh, thing that came up with iOS 14 that showed that TikTok was perhaps doing something not kosher with data on the phone. So there's been some some, some concern. So um, what do y'all, th- I don't want to ask about the politics of it, but we have a couple of links here. Um, one one possibility is that the Microsoft might buy the American branch of the Side company, of it, yeah, uh, mm. which would be. I don't know that that would satisfy the concerns, of uh, because it would still be owned by China. Um, and then the other question is is uh, that they might move the headquarters to out outside of China to a third party country. But again, I don't think that's changing the ownership of the company. It's just moving the headquarters. So what what do you, what do you all think of this? TikTok? Well, I thought you- when they were talking about Microsoft buying it, that Microsoft could go in and and clean up the uh, the uh, the places that the app was not behaving according to what we consider good security. Mm-hmm. Right. So I that was my understanding that they you know they would buy that product and modify it. Right. That yeah, would be that's the hope. What I agree. Yeah. They would because I think they would end up having some uh, liability in that if the app was still doing, let's just say, spying for the Chinese Communist government, which we're not we're not sure it is. But that's the accusation. If the app were doing that, Microsoft would get pulled into that. So they would be in their best interest to make sure that the app was clean and not doing these things. Right. Um, Which is just kind of ironic to be thinking of Microsoft cleaning up an app and making it run more efficiently <laughs> and and have well actually they don't have near as many privacy concerns as some of the others as far as you know people complaining about privacy no. with them yes that is true so maybe that's they they seem the cleanest of the alt- alternatives in terms of of uh, what, how people would view them yes i think so i think so so that that is a po- that would be a positive uh perhaps perhaps positive change to it um would you recommend that anyone install the app on their phone at this point or have it on their phone? I don't. I don't. Um, I look at all this as you take a chance no matter what app it is. Because, and, I, and I'll stick my foot in it with the Google apps. You know, they're always feeding information to somebody, you know, for, but for advertising. This one just seems to be feeding information to the Chinese government. We need to be careful with the apps we use and how and learn how to, you know, if we can lock some of them down so that it doesn't give all our information away. But I think we've we've gotten to the point where we're just giving all when you have devices like this that take in so much information and try to make our lives a lot easier, we're going to end up giving up part of our you know, information to someone. And it's just, it is part of what it is. Now, it doesn't mean you throw up your hands on the whole thing, but TikTok, TikTok is definitely one of those apps that needs to be looked at because of where it comes from and because of who has designed it. 
if Microsoft and because of who it's who it's being used by is the very young. Right. That's more my concern. You know, because yes, I have Google products and I use those and I know it's tracking me and I need it to track me because mm. I keep you I depend upon it to be able to go back to my history or to see where I've been two months ago on a particular day. I need that. But where it's gathering information in about young children and that that right. is no longer private, that's what bothers me. And that's why right. I say I don't recommend it for anyone. Right. It's one thing for to get to to understand what Google is taking from us and who Google is. It's another thing for is to is to be as uh, to be uh, blase about not blase, but to be to, to let a foreign power mm. with its own agenda taking that data and doing God knows what with it. And that that's right. That's what I get concerned with. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't put TikTok on any device that I own or no. rec- I would recommend that anyone who ha- had it, I would recommend they take it off. Um, and Me there too. might there are probably other ones. I know people who don't install Zoom on any device that they that they can avoid it because of related concerns with Zoom. Well, there there were some mistakes made in the beginning where traffic mm-hmm. was being routed through a, a foreign country. That's not true anymore. Right. Ter- so they've made a lot of security changes. So yeah. I don't feel that once a company has made those changes that I hold it against them. Right. Exactly. Same here. Yep. Yeah. Same here. I uh, Zoom had. Yeah, they made some serious mistakes. They made a. They, I've talked about before about a bug on Mac OS that made it impossible to uninstall it completely they oh. they they had this thing where you'd uninstall it and it would reinstall itself they claimed it was a bug um uh, so i i there was a way to go in and just tear it out by the roots which i did and then you put a at the time it was you put a folder named a certain name that prevented anything that and you locked that folder prevented it from reinstalling itself uh, and I did that. I, I barred the gates, basically. Wow. <laughs> uh, but they like you said, they've fixed it. They've made things better. Um, I've opened up the door to them. I've used Zoom for different things. Um, I don't completely trust them, but I'd, I'd rather use other things. But uh, that, that, you know, yeah, you're right. When it, if, if they make a serious amendment to to amend their ways and they make an act of contrition, <laughs> they, <laughs> I will forgive them. Uh, seven times 70. <laughs> so, well, and, and I have people that, that need different products for different uses, for instance, yeah. and some of them are easier to install and for, to use for the average person. And so like for, for Google, some people, if they don't have a Google account, that kind of t- means that they really can't use Google meet. Right. Uh, but it does have the nice thing of captioning, automatic captioning on it yep. that makes it easy for the hard of hearing, et cetera. So some people I recommend Zoom, other people I recommend Meet. Skype is uh, another alternative. I mean, so you got the the three biggies there. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Use the, yeah, the, 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 it's good to have a diversity of tools for the different purposes for different people. All right. So that's, I think that's uh, uh, good for headlines this week. And uh, let's move on to our picks of the week. Uh, Joanne, why don't you go first with your pick this week? What do you have for us? Well, the Fate Formation slash musician is now branching out into live streaming director. <laughs> we have, yeah, I never 
would have dreamed yep. back in January that I would be doing this. But we finally installed two very high-powered cameras in one of our collaborative churches in order to live stream. And when everything was said and done and they put it in and they said, now, here is your software. And I went, OBS, I know that. <laughs> uh, open Broadcast System is a project. It's an open It's an open software project and it's free and it basically is a television studio on mm -hmm. your computer and you attach your cameras to it and you attach and you can create scenes and you can create multi views and you put your audio through it in fact right now i'm trying to figure out how to match the audio to the actual you know moving of the mouth because uh -huh. there's a little bit of a delay so, but it, it's, I'm finding out that it, it has a lot of other uses other than this big, you know, camera system we have at the church. I, I put my iPhone onto it and started playing with it at home between huh. my display and my iPhone. So it's like, Ooh, that has podcast written all over it. Doesn't it? Yep. So <laughs> I think it, it has a bit of a learning curve. Because if you're not familiar with, you know, this type of a thing, or if you've never wanted to play TV producer like I have, um, it might be a little daunting. But if you just see, there are lots of YouTube, I was taught, I was told, oh, go, go on YouTube, you'll find all these people teaching you. Now, nah, I just started playing with it. Right. You know, just try this, try that. So it's it's in kind of it's intuitive as well. So it's uh, it's free. And if you want to in this area of Zoom, in this area of everybody trying to reach out to another, this is another one of those tools in the tool basket. Um, the other one that I had suggested a while ago, stream. What is it? Streamlabs. Streamlabs. Yeah. Yeah. That one was harder, believe oh, it or not. I don't know if the iOS version doesn't uh, line up. I think it has more issues with it. I kept trying to look at it going, I don't understand this. And for me, that says a lot. But the OBS is a lot easier to manage. Because Streamlabs so, is based on OBS. but Right, it is. But it's an iOS. It's so you can use your iPad. And oh, okay. I think there's just too much fall to roll and fiddle dee dee okay. to try to do that. Okay, so, so this one's a lot easier, and it's been around a long time. I mean, this is it mm -hmm. didn't just come out, come out. So, and I've heard a lot of good things about it. It's it's very powerful. And, it is, and uh, it's free and open source, so that's good. Excellent, uh, Pat. Do you have a pick for us? Well, I've kind of waffled on my pick. Uh, last <laughs> time I talked about uh, Google has now built into their Chrome browser a way that you can do remote assistance with somebody else. Uh -huh. And uh, and I have been using it between upstairs and downstairs. And this week, I found out that Windows 10 actually has built in a quick assist. Mm. Now, they've always had a remote uh, desktop version that you had to be the Windows Pro. You had to have the professional model. But this is built into Windows 10 Home, which I was very surprised at. Of course, it's still only Microsoft to Microsoft. But what that means is that if your Aunt uh, Mabel needs some help and she's on Windows 10 and you're on Windows 10, it's built into the operating system. You just go to, you do the start and the search for quick assist and it pops right up and says, oh, I want to be helped. And the other person gets the, oh, I want to be the helper. And then the helper uh, gets the number from the person they're helping and they're in. And so it means that that 
you don't have the problem of, okay, now download this, now click on this, now tell me your number. It's just built in. And so I, I, that's, that I thought was kind of a nice alternative for people rather than having to do TeamViewer or some of these other things that were you had to walk through somebody through downloading something. Very nice. Very nice. That's very handy. Again, mm. Having these free tools is, is the best part. Cross-platform would be nice. That's why I've yeah. got other tools when I'm going cross-platform. And the Google tool works cross-platform. So Right, right. So my pick is related to the this new MacBook Pro that I've been uh, using, and so it's almost, it's kind of a two layer pick. So the first layer is this app called Better Touch Tool, and what it, it's a it's a utility that lets you take your trackpad on your on your uh, MacBook or if you have a, tra- a Magic Trackpad for your Mac or whatever, um, and it lets you create new gestures, new taps, or uh, if you tap three times in the top right corner and it you can do different things. And so better touch tool lets you set up all of these tap and click and gesture controls beyond what Mac OS lets you do. On top of that is something called golden. It, 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 and to, and I got I should add that when Ma- Apple came out with the touch bar max with you know, that little tiny screen at the top of the keyboard on some of the MacBooks, when they came out with that, Better Touch Tool added functionality to control that as well. And then this other guy came along and created what he calls Golden Chaos BTT, which sits on top of, or it's a set of presets that go into Better Touch Tool, and it completely replaces the touch bar user interface and makes it actually useful. And what it does is it it, it puts controls up there related to whatever app you happen to be in at the time or whatever context you're working in it uh so if you're in um uh messages uh it could be showing you all the different emoji across there so you can tap on emoji um it can throw widgets up there uh it's it's got all these different functions that you can add it really makes the touch bar into a useful as as people say into a useful part of the computer instead of redundant like you know uh, i don't i don't need a okay or cancel button on the touch bar when i'm looking at the screen and i'm already you know hitting the return key you know what i mean it's like uh it, a lot of what apple has built into it is sort of redundant but this really makes it useful so um the better touch tool is available as part of uh the set app subscription so if you have set app you're already paying for set app but a touch tool is in there uh, otherwise it's a it's a paid tool i'm not sure exactly how much better touch tool is but uh but golden chaos is is uh is donationware so it's free and you can tip the the guy who created it if you want i'm gonna have to look into that because all i've done with that touch bar since i've gotten it is just put the f the f numbers and the yeah yeah, that's all i've done right right yeah that's the thing or uh replace the uh the escape replace the escape key with that's that's Mm -hmm. missing uh yes yeah yeah, I use the fingerprint thing all the time. Oh, but yes. yeah, the touch bar, I kind of look at it and say, oh, is it still there? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Are you still hanging out on top of there? You've taken up space? Yeah. Oh, the touch ID on, on the MacBook Pro is amazing. Let yes, me tell you, I, I want touch ID on my iMac. <laughs> or there has been rumors that the Silicon uh, Macs might have face ID built into them. So that would be very interesting. That would make those cameras useful. 
Well, I really like the fact that my watch can unlock my my uh, yes. my yes. Mac when I walk up to it too. Yes. That's really been nice. When it does work, it, it works for me about eighty percent of the time. Um, today, watch it, Dom. <laughs> today, my <laughs> iMac did not want to unlock with my with my while I'm wearing my watch for whatever reason. Just it just some some days it doesn't do that, but when it does do that, it is awesome to to have to have that happen that way. All right, so those are our picks of the week, and that will bring us to a close of another episode. Before we do, we want to take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the secrets of technology, including Chris B, Jackie S, Stephen B, Daniel S, and Hillary G. Their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue the secrets of technology and all the shows at StarQuest. You can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. So that's it from us. What did you think of our discussion, especially the productivity apps, to-do list managers, project managers? Let us know by commenting on the show at sqpn.com slash technology or the SQPN Facebook page, facebook.com slash Media, or send an email to technology at sqpn.com. And you'll find links from our discussion and our picks of the week on our show notes at sqpn.com. Remember to like each episode of Secrets of Technology on Facebook. Retweet us on Twitter where we're at SQPN. Leave comments there. We love to engage with you on social media and have fun conversations and ask us questions. We love to answer your questions as well. Until next time, Pat Scott, thank you for joining me and sharing the Secrets of Technology. It's been fun. Joanne Mercier, thank you as well. Always a pleasure. And once again, I'm Dom Bettinelli. Thank you for listening to the Secrets of Technology on StarQuest. 